0: Forget Donkey Kong Jr., it's Jr.'s revenge on The Coco Show, episode 34, Live at Bofets! Hi everybody, welcome to The Coco Show, I'm John. Hi, John! And I'm Aaron! And Al. And I'm Curtis! today we are going to discuss junior's revenge oh man now aaron (laughs) you have a son that's true okay has he ever plotted revenge on you
1: oh yes he gets he's very vengeful actually (laughs) i hope he's not hearing this right now i can't see him no he's
0: out playing on his phone oh Oh, man
1: yeah he'll get you and the thing is for the slightest little thing he'll get brutal revenge Mm. like for example He's in the other room, and I go, hey, look, uh, uh, bedtime in like five minutes. And then I say, okay, right, bedtime right now. Just as a joke, he'll, I'll hear these footsteps, he'll run through the house, and just Jimmy Snoopla uh, jump on me, smash, smash oh. right in the bed, smack me with stuff. Yes, very vengeful boy. Has he ever use the glove on you? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he guys used the bat. that's true.
2: I'm just going to ask, did, did your brother Brent teach him all these tricks? Or?
1: Well, Brent was vengeful, too. I know it's a stunning he he was quite a vengeful boy. His favorite gimmick was I'd be sitting there, and he'd be like, Mom, Aaron hit me. I'd be like, what? And then I'd get in trouble and get, and get pulled out of there. That was his move. So, yeah, there you go. Now, uh,
0: we're, you know, we have a very special guest with us, L. Curtis Boyle. And, Curtis, have you ever taken sweet revenge on any of your enemies? I'm talking about Coco Crew, of course. <laughs>
2: Uh, I have. I don't know if I should talk about some of this stuff. You definitely pretty, should.
0: That's the signal that you should. Some
2: of it was pretty illegal at the time. And, and probably still would be illegal. Um, I can't believe that. Thank you, man. I, I guess the one thing I will mention, uh, there were some people that really ticked me off when I was a teenager, and I got a hold of their parents' credit card scans from, like, going to Radio Shack and stuff like that. And I would just spend a lot of money on CompuServe, which about 20 bucks an hour over a weekend with five of us on the account, racked up their bills pretty high. Oh,
0: my Whoa. goodness. Boy. Of course, that's back in the day when they used to just put credit card numbers on everything, all over. Oh,
2: yeah, no, they just did everything. the carbon thing. They yeah. threw on the garbage. You could p- take your pick, you know, type thing. It's nothing
1: so. more hilarious than grand larceny. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't apply when I'm here in the states, right? Like, oh, oh no, no, of course no. Okay, not. Good. There'll be some men here to escort you to your car. <laughs> yeah. Statute
2: of limitations
0: on this. Yeah. yeah. Now, Aaron, before we get into and Curtis, before we get into the uh, the Coco Show proper, we need to give a shout out to, to the Cocoa Game Selection Committee. Uh, these guys choose all the games we play and are pillars of the Coco community. Big Tandy, thank you to Robert Alan Murphy and Steve Rasmussen. Uh, now, Aaron yep. and Curtis, it's time to get into Junior's Revenge. Aaron, what can you tell us about this game?
1: You know, this is what I remember playing back in the day uh, on the old Coco Because I'm a big fan. This may stun you. But I'm a big Donkey Kong guy you know, and a Donkey King guy. And so I also liked uh, Donkey Kong Jr. Cool game. I, in fact, I thought it was a great game. Actually, almost as good as Donkey Kong. And I liked the fact that they took a, a slant that you wouldn't have expected in a part two of a series. You could have just made more levels Donkey Kong, and that would have been that would have worked. But they, in fact, they probably damaged the series by doing it that way by trying to do you know establish different characters. But I thought it was really cool. And so when Donkey Kong Jr. came to the Coco, sorta, I was pretty excited. Because you know I was a big fan, and I already had Donkey Kong in the machine, uh, so this was released in '83 uh, by an outfit uh, cunningly titled Computerware. Old company. Yeah, they've been they were around for a long time. And the author of this one was a fellow named B.J. Chambliss. Have you talked to B.J.
2: before, or I, I did contact him via email when I was doing the the text interviews back yeah. in the early 2000s, but yeah. I lost track of him. So
1: before. this guy, I looked around to see what he'd done, and I had to dig around for some of this stuff. Some of it I knew. So I'm going to go through his quick list here, but there's a a funny one here. He did a game called uh, Major Istar Under the Doomed Sea. That sounds like a fun one. Graphic Adventure game. Yeah, Blockhead, which that one we played. Ghost Attack, Escape 2012, in that distant futuristic year of 2012. Storm, uh, Railrunner, and then this is the one I thought was interesting, Aquanaut 471. I don't know if you've tried this one, Curtis, but this one also got a port on the QL. The really. dreaded QL system that we covered on ARG presents. So that, that's kind of interesting that you see a, a Coco game that got ported over to a, another machine like that. So I've never played any of these except for Blockhead. So I can't uh, tell you what all this, you know what he did. Now yeah. when I played this one, I played this back in the day on the old Coco, when the old tape. I had to tape of it. I had it on the disc. Uh, but I can tell you that I had uh, no end of trouble getting this to work this week with my SD uh, with my SD solution. Because you, you ended up getting it working, Curtis. What did you end up doing to get this thing it, there,
2: There's a bad copy in the archive. I'm actually going to have to fix it properly. But basically whoever kind of took the co- copy protection and the auto start off, ended up not setting the graphics mode fully. So we'd come up with this weird text and stuff instead of actually kicking in. So it's just like one store I got to add to it.
1: Yeah, so thankfully we've got, there's the guy and he got, we actually had it here at the, at the event. I ended up having to emulate this. I couldn't even get it to work on the Mister either. So clearly, yeah, there was a problem. Now, before we get into this too deeply, uh, have either one of you guys played I'll start with you, boat Have you played a lot of uh, Donkey Kong Jr. the arcade version? I have not played a lot of the arcade version, but I've played a
0: lot of the Nintendo Entertainment System version. Of it's good.
1: Game. Yeah, that one's quite good. It's got all it's got all four levels as well, mm-hmm. doesn't it? It does. Now, uh, um, do you think that was a solid port from the arcade?
0: Absolutely. I went for years until I really got into MAME, thinking that it was just—I mean, it was almost transcode-like quality because in my in my small mind. Uh, you know the uh, things like aspect ratio and stuff didn't exist sure and I thought well yeah this is this is it and even on the NES box those of you that are familiar with the black box series of games it actually says donkey kong jr and then in cursive writing it says the original on there making you think
1: yeah this is it this yeah. is it so. I, thought, I, mean, I i played that it's a much like donkey Kong. there it's quite good yeah. they did a great job now, did you play this much in the arcade this is in yep. your yep. wheelhouse. i, right I did play yeah. in
2: the arcade um obviously the nintendo one is made by lazy transcoders. it's not worth anything no good
1: <laughs> <laughs> no
2: actually the nintendo version was quite well too but yeah i did play the arcade and like you were mentioning before the way they flipped the tables where they reversed the roles that was my favorite yeah. part because they didn't just do a sequel with more levels you actually took on the part of the ape's son now, trying to rescue the father from the from Mario. Yeah, if
1: you haven't, if you ever played this, you don't know the backstory. Of course, in the original Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong kidnapped uh, Pauline, and you had to go uh, rescue a Jumpman. In this version, Jumpman, actually a couple of Jumpman have taken Donkey Kong hostage, so now it's the son's turn. So now the Jumpman are evil, and the Mario's are evil, and you've got to be the uh, the the guy that goes and, and gets the gets that out of jail. Effectively, uh, the game has four very distinct levels in it. And they they actually managed to pull these off. I was kind of surprised that they could that they got them in here. I will say, uh, this game is graphically impressive in the arcade. I always I mentioned, much like Donkey Kong, it's time. It was a beauty, mm-hmm. you know. And you've got to think that this, this game for the Coco came out in 86, so it's not like a, there's a huge gap in between the two games. Uh, I thought they did a pretty decent job graphically with this. I mean, it's best that you could do. What do you, what do you us think about the way it looks? The way it looks,
0: I'd say it's probably about as good as you could make it look on the Cocoa One and Two. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I should mention this. I mean, in a, in a, uh, like wait, a perfect I mean, world, this runs on all the cocos. Right,
0: right. Now, if we're talking about the Coco Three version, the Coco Three version does look better yeah. than the Cocoa I mean, One and Two, fine. but it they could have made the Cocoa Three version look a lot more yeah. closer. Yeah, to
1: yeah there's. We should mention that there's uh, there are really two versions, sort of. Junior's Revenge was the uh, was the, the one original one. game that was released, and then uh, there was Return of Junior's Revenge, which is sort of an updated, like recolored version for the Coco Three. That one I've got I haven't tried. Uh, I've seen footage of, but I didn't try it. Uh, but it looks good. But from a lot of what I read, it doesn't play well. Uh, so you guys, yeah. are, you guys, are, <clears throat> what do you guys think of in terms of the play? I'm assuming you take the second one's better. The first one's better. Well, to me, the game is played identically. Game. Oh, really? Yeah, There's graphic update. Okay, well, there you go. Then there you go. So, <clears throat> to give a bit
2: of a history on that, the, yeah. the Junior's Revenge, the Cocoa 1-2 version came out in so pretty close after the original arcade version. Um, and it also came out after Donkey King, which is its one big fault there, because if it came out before that, it would have been an okay game, I and mean, it has all four levels, which is good. Mm-hmm. The graphics, shapes, and stuff look pretty good, as you can see on the screen here, but it's kind of choppy. It's almost like tile-based. It's not smooth yeah. like Donkey King tried to do. And Return of Junior's Revenge was the very first third-party Coco 3 game release, literally a month after the Coco 3 got out, so people were learning, how does this new graphics chip work, how does the MMU work, and all this other kind of stuff. It was a rush, it was a direct port of the Coco 1 and 2 one, they just expanded the graphics 16 color and left the sound routines identical in the whole bit. So it was a bit of a rush job to get to the market.
0: I will say that it is very unique for a Cocoa 1 and 2 game to have the cinematic intro sequence that this game has, where you actually see... Jr. sort of, it's different than the arcade version. It's like, it's completely different, which is cool. You know, we talk about ports that kind of have to go a different way, uh, but there is an opening cinematic. Now, here's the downside. You better hope that you like watching that cinematic because <laughs> after every game over screen, you're watching literally a 30 second intro of Donkey Kong Jr. lumbering across and watching the thing go up to the top. Uh, yeah, and yeah, pushing it yeah, up. Yeah. You
1: also get to choose uh, if you want to play a real game or not, which is interesting at the beginning. You can go. You can your junior appears, and you can pick which way you want to go to like a proper game or a practice game. Which that sort of that was sort of the same gimmick that was in Donkey King, where you could have basically I think it was unlimited lives with so them. They didn't keep scores. Yeah. Well, the like difference that.
2: on this one though is that like most of them just said, "Here's practice, here's real play. Just pick one." This yeah. one you actually have to walk your guy over and <laughs> yeah. jump at he it. He has
1: to physically jump to the. I okay, <laughs> it hey, work for it a little bit. Yeah. That's the way I. That's the way I like to do it. Um, the of course you've got the original boards in the arcade yep. some of these boards aren't these are complicated levels i mean this isn't easy uh to do uh, and, and one thing i liked about the arcade and it carries over is you've got distinct levels you've got levels that test your platform jumping they've got also levels that uh test your like uh, uh hand die that second level with the chains then the last level is is really your jumping timing they do a good job of mixing it up, which is again, I think the I think the arcade version has more diverse levels than even Donkey Kong yet, mm-hmm. you know. And so I always thought that was fun. But a lot of people that turns them off is because some of those can they're almost overwhelming when you look at them. But I mean, they're, they play having played both, and you're right, this isn't smooth. There's no doubt about that. But it does, given the limitations of the system, they squeeze quite a bit of it out uh, to get this to be uh, all there. You know, now, so,
0: Chris, I've got a question for you. You said when you were describing the graphics of this game, you said they were almost tile based you need to expand upon what that means a little bit?
2: Well, basically it's like a grid of tiles, so you got every shape, say 8 pixels apart. You can see like on here, you, they're not jumping by single pixels, they're jumping by basically a whole byte, because it's basically 4 pixels per byte. And they just did that because it's easier to program that way. But it, it looks choppy. Mm.
1: There you go. And of course, uh, uh, to your real refined games, like your Donkey King, where so they could overcome that, or the Sailor Man, they can yeah. get, to get past that. Of course, it you know, takes a lot of prowess. That's not knocking uh, BJ here. You know, I do. Oh, want he I'm,
2: cranked out a lot of
1: stuff. Yeah, so. I do want to mention that uh, for Chambliss. We never could confirm. And Curtis backed me up on this. We don't know about his involvement with Return of Junior's Revenge. We don't know if that was him that did it or not, do we?
2: Yeah, I mean, the fact that sound routines are identical, the shapes except they're expanded the sixteen color, are pretty well identical. I'm pretty sure it was either his code or somebody just took his code and just patched it up. You a think bit he, someone create. could have
1: gotten hold of that code? Uh, do you remember who shipped the Return of Juniors? Or There's ComputerWare as well. Same, same people, same so they yeah. would have probably had access yeah. to it. And
2: ComputerWare had been around since like the mid-70s. They used to do stuff with the 6800 before the 6809 processor even existed, yeah. so they were around for a long time. In
1: case you're, if you're watching at home or here uh, live, you can see the difference here. And it's, I mean, that right there tells you a tale right there. I mean, the, the color, the color fidelity uh, and, and the way things look is much nicer with the, with the uh, with the new yeah. version. I, I'm gonna really have to give this a shot. That again, tile-based
2: thing I was talking about there, you can kind of see here, because with a 16 color screen, you get basically two pixels per byte. So it's moving the same byte ratio, it just it looks smoother because there's there's less actual pixels to go through because there's more color.
1: There you go. Now we've got to wait for uh, the third game, the Donkey Kong series to get ported to Coco. Then we'll have something there. So <laughs> I got to ask you guys, so we, we both, we all think the game in the arcade was good and fun. I mean, did you have fun playing this boat? This is a different game. I mean, it looks
0: the same. Yeah. And the levels look the same, but the way that you play this game is incredibly different because of the way that you move. The thing about the thing that Donkey Kong Jr. does is climb on vines. Yeah. Okay. And uh, when you climb on a vine, you've often got to deal with enemies that are coming from beside you or from above you, climbing down the vine in the opposite direction. Um, when you play Donkey Kong Jr., if you want to avoid an enemy that's on an adjacent vine, all you have to do is not hold on to that vine. But in Jr.'s Revenge, you actually have to not—you have to let go of the vine that the enemy's coming down on, and also shift your body to the other yep. side of the vine. And that adds a whole another level of complexity to the game that's not present on the original arcade game. A lot of times, arcade ports to the computers are easier than the arcade game. You know, we just talked about the Gauntlet—Gauntlet uh, gauntlet on the ST. If you play the arcade version of gauntlet and you play the ST version back-to-back, I mean, the, the arcade version is so much more difficult. There, there's tons of games that are like that. This is one of the few games where I actually, I had a hard time getting off the second board of of Donkey Kong Jr. Uh, just because of that, the whole vine vine direction mechanic thing.
1: There, the, I found it hard to climb, to be honest with you. And, I, I, and I've also found that, you know, the way it moves, like Donkey Kongs the junior is very fluid in the arcade and, and the timing there's a fluidity to it that plays into the timing because you can, you know as the thing moves it's constant you're when stuff moves like it does in this i That's found really it more difficult to time jumps yeah and yep. that, and I, and so between grabbing vines and doing simple stuff that i could do in the arcade a million times i would miss stuff here I mean, and I, and, I, and, I, and it was annoying because I was good enough to do it I just you know, I don't know there was a malfunction it, somewhere it's
0: worth noting too that the game the arcade game is pretty generous in terms of if you jump nearby a vine you'll sort of grab onto it yeah uh, in this game you have to align Junior's hands directly under the vine and then jump
1: straight up to make him attach it's, it's basically
2: pixel perfect jumping yeah. to get on the vine yeah, yeah.
1: So, yeah. so it you, is harder you, what are you, are you about with boat? like it's not the best gameplay experience for you on this
2: yeah it's, it's a bit rough I mean they tried to do as good as they did with the tile based graphics but that mentioned you had to jump from the exact right spot to grab a vine or a pole or something yeah. like that. You, you couldn't be off a couple of pixels like the arcade.
1: I will say, with all that said, uh, I thought it was a a, a good try. And it's, a, yeah. it's something that's, I'm not saying never play it. Give it a shot. You can get into it. And I will say, back in the day when this was the only way I could play Donkey Kong Jr. at the house, I was tickled pink because it's not like they were porting Donkey Kong Jr. to everything. It wasn't like Donkey Kong where everything got it. Jr. didn't get ported all that much. To like the secondary systems that weren't, you know, Nintendo, and so, and and some of the ports on those were much, much, much worse than this. Uh, so, yeah, I would, I always thought this was a pretty, a pretty good. It uh, is effort. worth
0: noting. I don't know if you mentioned this or not, Aaron, but in the title screen, your enemy is not Mario. The enemy is Luigi. Luigi Yeah, is
1: gonna, yeah, is yeah. Kidnapped it's dude. funny. Well, it's not Mario and in, in Junior. Technically, it's Jumpman. They never right. really name him. So, yeah, it is. They do mention that. It. It's where Luigi gets thrown under the bus here.
0: <laughs> and, and I will say that I can't remember. I read this somewhere online. Some review said that they actually thought that, that that's where Mario Brothers came from, is that Mario, you were Mario in the first game. In the second game, you were fighting against Luigi. And then in Mario Brothers, the two brothers came together yeah. to join forces. So. <laughs> there you go. You know,
1: I like to look up when I look up for reviews for uh, coca games, I often go to icepeople.net. I like I like that guy. Well, there are ice people over there. Well, hey. Yeah. Ice it must be Canada, people. right? Yeah. yeah. They must be. And anyway, he, he doesn't review every cocaine, but it's funny, he reviewed Junior's Revenge and Return of Junior's Revenge. I thought I'd flipped over real quick. So uh, Ice People gives Junior's Revenge a B plus. He says this Donkey Kong Junior clone by Computer Shack is nearly up to the awesome standard set by Tom Mix's as Donkey King. Playing all four screens plus the animations in the arcade game, great gameplay, and top-notch graphics. But it falls a bit short, being a little slow and jumpy in the animation. It's pretty much the way we uh, thought it played, but he gives it a B plus. Now, he also happened to look at Return of Junior's Revenge, which he gives a D+. Oh. This is what I thought, again, I didn't play this, so he says, even giving this game a few breaks due to circumstances, primarily being rushed to market as the first major third-party Cocoa game, just like Curtis said, this unauthorized port of Donkey Kong Jr. is slow, ugly, and not much fun. Looking at a screenshot in a promo copy promising all four levels, it's easy to get taken in. But those freeze frames don't look nearly as convincing in action lurching rather than gliding through the motion. Now, so, I mean, if these are the two same games, it's almost like he's praised one and
0: crushed the other. By the time that this came out on the Coco 3, people could see what the Coco 3 was capable of. So
1: you think he was just disappointed? Yeah, because, I
0: mean, look at a game like Rampage. You load that up and you play it and you're like, yeah, this thing can do, you know, arcade quality, approaching arcade quality stuff. And then when you see what they've done with, with Donkey Kong junior like, oh, that's You know, I hadn't wasting. thought of
1: it that way. And you, I, bet, I bet your dad on there, I, he probably was disappointed. Just like when you, got, uh, when you get your new console, you expect a certain amount of pong. Right, yeah. To get.
2: He's a little bit off in the time, though, because like he mentioned, that was the first third-party game. So, I mean, all we had was a couple of radio Shack carts that had come out at that point. Nobody had done the third party, so we were still learning the hardware. Yeah. I, I would give it a little bit... A higher score than that because it was a rush job to get it out but uh yeah it definitely didn't show what the coco 2.
1: do we get any discord action on this? we end? did
0: c64j writes overall i like the donkey kong junior clone the coco 3 version had good graphics and sound it played slower than the coco 1 and 2 version but was graphically much better the slower pace of return of junior's revenge did not bother me and was worth the other upgrades i give the game 7 out of 10 the original i gave 6 out of 10 but still a good game for the coco 1 and 2 very good, very good. Yeah. Personally, myself, I would flip those two scores. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Just, uh, Curtis, do you have any any final thoughts on on uh, Junior's Revenge?
2: Um, like I said, it was rushed to market. The fact they actually got like all four screens and stuff was nice. Um, the Coco Three version in particular was rushed to market. The other one actually came out pretty soon. And it would have been probably rated higher in general, except the fact it came after Donkey King, which was kind of like a pinnacle one, no matter what both says. Um, but, you know, it was one that was really did start to show what the Coco could do, uh, what it was capable if he had a program that was really familiar with the hardware. Very good.
0: Uh, do we have anyone in the audience that is either, uh, wants to give their thoughts either on the return of Junior's Revenge or if they have any uh, Donkey Kong Jr. memories of playing in the arcade or uh, on a
1: console or a computer? No one's ever played this on the Coco.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Anyone have anything they wanted to ask or challenge L. Curtis Boyle? Here's your opportunity. He's right up here. He's no, no
2: glove fights, please. Uh, he's
1: right for the plucking. If he's ever said anything he didn't like or you have a question for him, now's the time. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you're off the heart, Curtis. <laughs> All right. Well, Aaron and Curtis, it's
0: time to bid a fond farewell to Junior's Revenge. Listeners, we want to hear your feedback. Please feel free to leave us a comment on YouTube, and if you could leave us a review on your podcast service of choice, we'd really appreciate it. We release this show in both audio podcast and video format on YouTube at bit.ly slash show, and we record live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash amigosretrogaming. If you want to support our show, just visit patreon.com slash show. We do have a goal up there, if we can get to $200 a month in Patreon support, the Coco Show will go from a monthly show to a weekly one, which would be super Coco awesome. And that leads us to our Coco Show supporter roll call. Thanks to the man on my left, L. Curtis Boyle, Graham W. Vebke, Buttons, and William Becker. Um, if you like our format and you want to hear more, feel free to check out our other shows, Amigos, Everything Amiga, Our Sinclair, and American Take on the ZX Spectrum. The Atari ST Show, 1200XL, and ARG Presents, where Aaron and the Brent spin the wheel and make the deal. All these shows can be found on the Amigos Retro Gaming YouTube channel or at anchor.fm slash Podcast. Aaron, what are we going to be playing next time on the Coco Show? Let's see.
1: It looks like... Color robot battle. Oh man, I'm gonna have to flex the fingers for that one. You want to yeah. give us a quick bit of insight on what this is?
2: This is a programming game. So you actually do these little. It's like a mini AI thing where you program your two different players. Program their different robots. Like you know, move forward ten, scan forward, try to fire if you it's see like the something. the big track. Otherwise, rotate forty-five, and it's all right. It's okay. a programming challenge between two. You just let the two little AIs run and see who we who wins. And you play
1: so. two players at it.
2: It's pretty well mandatory two players. Well, will <laughs> You guys will have to get together for this one. Prepare to be
1: battled in color. Oh, all right,
0: all right. <laughs> so, and if you're a member of our Discord community, please make sure and l- play it and leave us a review. Thank you all so much for listening, and let's all do this together, everybody. All hail...
1: El L-L Curtis Boyle! Boyle. Adios, that was all hail El Curtis Boyle. Goodbye, <laughs> <laughs> everybody!